Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Debbie Carlin Boyle, who is a fitness and nutrition and wellness professional and former TV commercial producer with over two decades of experience in the fields of health and wellness and commercial production. Her credibility in these fields is well established, having worked at some of West Los Angeles' most prestigious gyms and certified as a health coach by the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. By following her balanced life exercise and lifestyle regimes, her clients see results that are not just dramatic, but more importantly, lasting and sustainable for their continued healthy lifestyles. She has merged her fitness, health and nutrition education and production ventures into a lifestyle brand called Balanced Life by Debbie. She continues to spread her no-nonsense and holistic approach to health and wellness through online video blogs, as a guest on podcasts, magazines, articles, webinars, group coaching programs, and her own live podcast, Balance Life with Debbie Carlin Boyle, Conversations Connecting to a Healthier You. In this episode, I had the privilege of discussing with Debbie why we can use food as medicine, the importance of movement and exercise, what it means to live a balanced life, aging young, and anxiety and, anxiety and stress management. So let's dive into it. How are you going today, Debbie? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm really excited to have you. We had a brief chat just before we hit record here about uh, how fitness has changed throughout the decades. And I love that you have those decades of production experience. And I'm super excited to hear all about things Debbie and fitness. (laughs) Oh, fabulous, because I'm super excited to share with you and your audience, because that's what I do. I love to share and I love to uh, continue the education. Even at my age, I never stopped learning about the health and wellness of how we can I've kind of coined a phrase, which is age young. So it, it, for me, it's all about longevity with quality. And that started at an early age because I saw some things at a really early age within my family that I said, okay, that is not my legacy. That's not the road I want to go down for myself, my future family, or uh, for anybody I love around me and my friends. So um, I'm going to educate myself from an early standpoint and start, you know, walking the talk, basically. And that's what I've been doing. I, uh, I grew up out here in Southern California, where I am right now. And uh, I grew up in, so I was born in the 50s. I'm 65. So I was born in the 50s. So I, it was right when McDonald's was like coming into play and all fast food restaurants were what families were all about. And I was a family of four. My parents were kind of struggling when I was young in terms of their relationships. So my mom really just didn't have time to cook. So fast food was it. So I called myself a processed kid. But wow. when I watched, yeah, totally processed food. We and and most people that grew up, like before me, before the fast food kind of craze started developing throughout our country, um, people 
grew up with more real food, more mm-hmm. whole food. And, you know, plus our, there wasn't so much depletion of our crops and, you know, uh, of mm. our spoils and stuff as we have now, because industry wasn't as bad. Like, there were some pretty nasty pesticides that were going on back then, but also the education and the way to educate yourself wasn't really out there. Western medicine does not train doctors in nutrition. You can ask any Western medicine mm. doctor about their training um, and then they're not trained about using food as medicine. And so I saw from an early age growing up what lifestyle and food could do if you didn't take care of yourself really from the get-go from a young age. So my father, but in his early 30s, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he passed away subsequently by the time he was 46 years old. Mm -hmm. And his lifestyle was such that he ate whatever he wants, whenever he want, wanted to. He smoked, he drank, he was gregarious and fun and had a lot of friends and a good job. But he started going downhill when he got sick. And I don't know if he had, he didn't have the education or the wherewithal to make a change. And as I've always said, it's never too late. It's just never too late. But I don't think that came into play for him. He, he, he died in the 70s. So when fast food was still coming through. And I just saw this throughout my family and throughout some of my friends' families. And I thought, okay, I got, I, I, I've got this. So by the time I was out of my house at 18, I just started living off of salad bars when I was in college. I took up tennis. I decided I needed to be active. I needed to learn about food and nutrition and start taking care of myself. One, I mean, my biggest, I think my biggest motivator was I wanted to get a boyfriend when I was in college. But, <laughs> and I felt like I didn't feel good in my skin. You know, yeah. I felt like I just, because I was living on processed food for the first 17, 18 years of my life, I, I didn't understand I had ear infections as a child. So I had a lot of antibiotics, which was killing good microbiome in my body, which is, uh, you know, all the good gut bugs are getting killed through penicillin. And I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, that's something a kid gets ear infections. Well, turns out I had an adversity to dairy. And as soon as I took the dairy out, the ear infections and all infections pretty much went away. So it was, you know, it was a learning curve for me. And I felt at one point, even though I studied theater in college and uh, I wanted to be an actress and got a degree in theater, um, I had a minor in family studies and consumer sciences. So I really wanted to understand and my, my emphasis was parenting and understanding how to raise healthy, productive children. And to be a good parent along the way for, and so um, my production career took off literally right out of college. I became a um, receptionist at a commercial television company. And from there, I started behind the scenes and worked my way up to a television commercial producer, which I did for 30 years. But I was trying to balance and ironically, where I made most of my money was doing Happy Meal commercials for McDonald's. That is so ironic. 
isn't it? And it was yes. so counterproductive to, or, or counterintuitive to what I believed, but right. it was a living. It was also stressful because I did have a family at that point. And uh, my husband was a director. So he was just as busy as I was. And we were juggling young kids and juggling work and stress. And yet I wanted to keep the healthy lifestyle that I had started in college. Mm. And it was, you know, I realized I was getting burned out, which is what we were talking about earlier. It was a common thing in women of my generation going through the uh, raising your kids in the 80s and 90s. You know, exercise was prevalent, but there wasn't a balance involved. Mm. So fast forward, uh, got to the late 2000s, hit my mid 50s. My marriage started to fail and I found opportunity to take my production career and kind of mix it with my passion for health and wellness. And in my fifties, cause it's never too late. I went back to school and I got uh -huh. all my nutrition certifications and licenses and hormone therapy and things like that, because I was really passionate about trying to make a difference in the lives, not only of me as I age, and to lead by example, but also to um, help my children. And now I have grandchildren. So, you know, I just, I, I wanted a better legacy than let's say my father left, you know, in terms of the yes. health and wellness situation. His sister, my aunt died when she was 60 of breast cancer. And so I, I thought there has to be a way that we can be preventative. And even though, you know, genetics plays a huge role, we don't have to give in to our constitution, which is our genetics. Mm. We can take control of our condition, which is something the way we take care of ourselves. And that's where I wanted to get the word out. So that's the, the sort of long and short of it of how I got where I'm sitting today. Oh, and I love that you shared all of that. And what a journey. I can't wait to dive into so many aspects of it. But first of all, I would just like to say, well done for breaking that generational key. It is hard work to grow up in a specific environment and then completely change it to be that first one. It's like the first person in the family that goes to college. You know, you broke all of those habits and now you're creating a whole new path for your children, your grandchildren. Amazing. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, um, I feel pretty proud of that because my kids do live, uh, much healthier lifestyle. They're both, one has a side hustle as a yoga teacher and one manages a yoga studio that she is very influential in um, creating programs in longevity and health and wellness when it comes to yoga. She's done retreats all over the world. And so those kinds of things. And now uh, she had a home birth, planning wow. on having another home birth. And so I, I, you know, and I had two natural childbirths. So I feel like, yes, it's working. It's working. I'm leading by example and it's the best I can do. You know, this is the Amazing. best gift I can give right now. So yes. And you. now you're thank educating you. all of us as well. So I am really curious because I feel like there's a lot of people, whether it's nutrition or financial or fitness that may feel like a victim of their circumstances in some way that, Hey, I never got taught 
to do all these things. And, and now I'm, I'm starting from scratch. So can you describe the process of ditching processed foods to me? Like were there side effects? Was it hard? Like how did you just create this new identity for yourself? Well, yeah. And these are some protocols that I also use with my health coaching clients and my groups and one-on-one. Um, so there, so let's just start with diets don't work, right? You know that. <laughs> there are over hundred, there are hundreds and hundreds of dietary theories. And every time we turn around, there's a new one that just slaps us in the face. And we think, oh, I'm going to do that right now. The big thing are take a pill and you you know ozempic or whatever is out there these are serious medications they're used for diabetics um and they shouldn't be considered the end all because they're not it's not putting you into a healthy lifestyle so mm -hmm. ditch the diet idea and the diet theories and start thinking more in longevity health and a change of lifestyle. So I always talk about lifestyle, um, which is something I did. And I sort of, you know, I was doing this. I was going through muddy waters, trying to figure it out along the way. And then when I did start getting my nutrition education, it's like, well, of course, but I had to learn <laughs> the hard way. And there's an easy way, easier way to do it. So the first thing I say is um, start taking, being, it's a mindset thing. It's awareness. Okay. So mm. we know whole foods. What's the difference between whole and processed? Well, processed are things that have added ingredients with chemicals, sugars, bad oils, all uh, additives that give it flavor. That's a process. That's a chemical process that you're putting into food basically created by companies to sell you something. I mean, mm -hmm. even when we talk about McDonald's, there's chemicals in those French fries to make you keep coming back for more. French fries in themselves are cooked in bad oil. So right there, and fried food is, for most people, very tasty, but it isn't healthy. So mm -hmm. how do we crowd out the bad and put in the good from what we're familiar with? And I would say the easiest way to do it is to take baby steps towards that. Great. The first thing, the first and foremost thing that I tell my clients and just about anybody who's on a health journey, because I think it's a health journey. The health journey um, creates the weight loss, as you know. Mm. Um, and if you're healthy, the weight's going to come off. If you're eating right, if you're ditching the processed food for whole real food, the things that are come from the earth, come from the ground that are made organically and, and done. If it's in a package and it has more than one ingredient, then it's, it could possibly be considered processed. Yes. So one of the things, the first and foremost thing, and I'm sure you do this with your clients, is I tell them to hydrate. And so most of, I would say 85% of our population is walking around, this throughout the world, dehydrated and they don't know it and mm -hmm. part of the reason is we um foods are dehydrating us lifestyle stress things around us are lack of sleep those kinds of things are dehydrating us and we mistake it for hunger sometimes and mm -hmm. rather than fill, get water and hydrate we're gonna eat bad food and think mm -hmm. that's gonna you know satisfy it so the rule of thumb is half your body weight in ounces. 
So that's my recommendation. That's a lot of people's recommendations. Um, and then, then some, if you're exercising vigorously, you know, if you're a triathlete or, you know, running a marathon, obviously you've got other ways you need to hydrate. Mm. But first thing in the morning, the very first thing you should be doing is having at least an eight ounce glass of water. Mm. Warm lemon water is a good flush if you like, but if you don't, just plain water. And then throughout the day, figure out the amount of ounces you would need just it's half your body weight in ounces. So it's not that hard to figure out once you weigh yourself. Most people, I mean, I, sometimes it's hard for my clients to regulate that throughout the day. They'll say, oh, you know, I forget. Get a glass bottle, fill it up, maybe a 32 ounce bottle and start working from 32 ounces up on what you need. Mm. Finish that bottle. When you finish that, get whatever else you need to get to half your body weight. Right away, you're going to notice some things. You're going to start feeling better, more energized, and you're going to get a clearer head because you're starting to crowd mm. out that process stuff. One of the worst things we could possibly do for ourselves is have sugary drinks, sugary li liquids. So <clears throat> sugar soft drinks, even diet ones, because those are a chemical process, mm. not good. Our body doesn't know what to do with it. And with the sugar, that's the other thing we want to start taking out is our, they spike our insulin levels, which makes us go into, that's why so many type two diabetes, that's why Ozempic came along to help that because people are creating type two diabetes with their lifestyle and the way that they're overdoing the sugars mm -hmm. and sugars are in more than just sugar in a candy bar or candy sugars are in ketchup and our sauces and our all of our dressings and things. So learn how to figure out what's good whole food, which is usually the perimeter of the market. We're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, 75% of your plate should be phytonutrients, which are greens, healthy greens and vegetables. Think about the rainbow when you're eating vegetables and fruits are good for us too. And those are the good sugars we should be putting in, in a, you know, a mild sense, if you will. And then uh, think about uh, when you're talking about your protein and balancing the rest of your plate. I always tell my clients who are eating animal-based protein to number one, go sustainably sourced, Try to get things that are, you know, where whatever they ate, if they were eating chemicals and they were eating something, they, they're um, farm fed, most likely it's lots of soy and uh, uh, chemically compounded food for them to kind of beef up, if you will. Well, yeah. whatever they eat, you're going to eat. So you want to really look at the source of that. And then just a palm size is all you need per serving. Mm. And then, you know, good unprocessed grains. If you're going to eat grains or uh, carbs, you want to think about that. You want to think about what your sensitivity is. If you have certain sensitivities or allergies to food, and they're two different things, allergies and sensitivities, you're not going to assimilate and process the food as well. And that's where you'll hold on to weight 
and hold on to foggy brain or not feeling 100%. So if you feel like after you eat eggs, you get nauseous, you may have a sensitivity to eggs and it's considered one of the foods that people are sensitive to. Same mm. thing with soy products, same thing with corn. Um, and there, you know, certain foods cause certain reactions. So, and, and most people are aware of foods that don't agree with them. So even if it's a fruit or vegetable, maybe segue that out, maybe just get that out of your diet. And the best thing you could do for yourself is to home cook and mm. to start learning. And there's so much content out there now. I even have this that I use with my clients that you can make whole well recipes that are fast, easy, nutritious, and delicious. And even, you know, we're such a society that's used to fried foods, quick foods, pop it in, you know, the microwave. But when you read, when you turn it over and read those labels, and you don't have a clue what any of those things are, except for the main ingredient, that's probably the last ingredient. It might say chicken, but all the other ingredients are in front of it. Um, then you're not getting a nutritious source of food. And really what we want from food to, for sustainability and, and longevity or quality is to get the vitamins, the minerals, and the nutrients and let our body absorb that so all of our systems, all of our organs can work efficiently. Mm. And we can't get that from, from chemicals and processed food. So that's where I would start. Hydrate, take out the processed food and start reading labels and then start making healthy recipes, which could take you a short period of time because you're not putting junk in anything. You know, mm. you're just cooking whole real food. Cooking can be a thing you do with your partner, you do with your kids. Even when I cook alone, I find enjoyment in that and it activates all your senses. You know, we start as soon as we see food, we actually start digesting it. Mm. We start tasting it and salivating. Our salivary, uh, salivary glands start act activation. So it can be a very... Um, positive and upbeat and uh you know we can get our um all of our good hormones activated just by getting excited about food when we're cooking it so mm -hmm. i always try to i always try to motivate my clients to uh to cook for themselves with whole real food are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The goal-getting journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the goal-getting journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout.
And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. You have so many golden nuggets there of information in terms of just like building that awareness by looking at the label and seeing what's actually on there. I think a lot of us are unaware of what we're putting in our body and we go for what's easy because we're so busy and we're so burnt out in our lives. But even just starting with hydration, starting with drinking half of our body weight, that at least is going to help us feel fuller so we're not reaching for the processed foods. I think a lot of us know, you know, what's more healthy for us, but it's the refinement of, okay, these sources have a lot of sugar. Okay, maybe I shouldn't be going for the seed oils, but that stuff I feel like comes over time. There's some basic kind of things you've got to do first. And I would love to dive into your time as when you were in production. How realistic was being able to live this kind of lifestyle when you're a working mom, when you're working really hard, you know, you're also working at your marriage. Did your version of health change? Like, how did you balance that? It was hard. So first off, um, I never, the first I'd say year I was on staff. And so, you know, I sort of had hours because I was in the production office but when I went freelance after that, um, the rest of the 29 years that I did that, when I went freelance, I did have time off and I made it a point to use my time off to really upscale my exercise. So one of the things that I did and, you know, it was important for my kids, too. But one of the things that I did was uh, get myself into more of a routine and create exercise that I would, that would be fun, do things like classes. So I was a competitive runner for a while and I tennis because that also a part of longevity is having a community and society. And so I belong to a group of women that we all played tennis together on certain days. And when I was shooting, you know, I'd be gone for a month and then I'd come back and I always had this to look forward to and to come back to. Um, But I have to tell you, when I was in production, I remember asking just my general practitioner this. I said, why is it when I was in production, I would start to get into a bit of a funk, you know, Mm. and I said to him, what is it that's causing me to, um, you know, to kind of go down just because I'm busy working and not doing, you know, my my normal exercise. I wasn't eating as well, but yet I was aware. And I'm going to talk to you about how to be aware no matter where you are or what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Um, And he said to me, which is very true, that you can go through, which you probably know this being into the whole exercise realm as you are, um, withdrawal. So our endorphins kick in well, so I, I teach spinning on a bike, right? So it's high <laughs> intensity interval. It's like hit training to bodice kind of stuff on a bike. And, you know, I walk away from there and so does my class. And we're all kind of like, you know, we're, on, a high, yeah. we're on this high, <laughs> right? 
well, you suddenly abruptly take that out for three weeks or a month while I was in production and I was going through withdrawal. It's like coming off a drug because when we activate our good hormones um, and then we suddenly don't activate it, we're going to go through withdrawal. It's like it's a chemical reaction in our body and we're regulated by our hormones. So when we kind of suddenly take that out, just like you suddenly take out caffeine or sugar and your body's going to go through some kind of withdrawal, you can create that also chemically within your body by abruptly. So I had to make conscious choices um, to, let's see, is it sleep or exercise, you know, to make sure I had to balance that really was difficult during production time and quality time with my kids who at the time was being kind of raised by nannies when we were both working. So it, it, it was, there was a burnout factor for me yes. that I was talking to you about earlier that came into play because I was trying to do, say, I said yes way too often to school functions and things, you know, volunteering. And I still have this commitment of production on my side. I didn't want to say no to directors or they'd go hire somebody else and they'd make a relationship mm. with that producer and that producer would be the first call instead of me. So I had that balance to have to do. And I also wanted to keep myself healthy. And and so, you know, when you're in production, for anybody out there who is in the industry or has been on a set, they do a craft service table. Mm -hmm. And it is usually filled with junk food. You know, it's to keep the crew happy, but it really makes the crew sleepy if you ask me but I because I was in charge most of the time even from the time I started production coordinating I had to say so I started putting healthy food out on the craft service table so there were cut up vegetables there were all kinds of fruits there were all kinds of nuts and seeds that weren't didn't have a lot of process going on but more in the raw healthy state And um, I started to ask the food trucks when they came to do lunch to have a healthy alternatives. So wherever you go, and this is true for where, when you go out to eat, ask for sauce on the side, substitute out perhaps the unhealthy, whatever third of that plate is, perhaps it's mashed potatoes with gravy, substitute it out for steamed vegetables. And get mm. the 75% of your, you know, vegetables on there. Just about every restaurant that you go to and every food source of a meal that you're getting on a job will substitute it out. You're in charge, you know. And one of the things that a lot of my clients go through is they don't want to fit out. They don't mm. want to, they feel like they're not fitting in if they start customizing their orders or they don't or they go to a happy hour and they don't eat the fried food and they don't eat all the chips and dips and all of the you know happy hour kind of food that's out there they look like they're a standout well I say yay (laughs) so be it (laughs) fit out why should we fit in you're the one who's going to feel better that night you're the one who's going to have you know, created a lifestyle or a habit around not having, if you start to think that you're depriving yourself, you're probably going to fail. So you have to think more positive about what you're doing for yourself, that Mm. it's, you're taking those steps towards a 
longer, a bigger picture. Now, having said that, I do have an 80-20 premise Mm. that 80% of the time, you know, we're good, we're conscientious, the mindful thing comes in on how we shop, how we cook, how we eat. And then there's that 20, 10%, somewhere in that range that says, it's a party, it's a celebration. Let's have that piece of cake, have that glass of champagne, the extra glass, whatever, enjoy it. But do know you're not going to go down that rabbit hole. You're going to go spring right back to where you left off. That Mm. is not going to wreak havoc on your body. What happens in our body is usually accumulative over a period of time. We, We attack ourselves with things that eventually cause disease because of the way we've done this loading over a period Mm. of time. So, and again, it's, I have a term called bio-individuality where it's not a one size fits all thing. We're all biologically different. We all process food differently. Your food can be my poison. My food could be your poison. And so even if it's healthy, you could have an adverse reaction to a healthy food Mm. that I simply don't, you know? And so you have to know you and that's when you start experimenting. But what we do know from a general standpoint, from sort of a universal standpoint, the people who have longevity with quality are in the blue zones and there's five blue zones throughout the world. And those people have a lot in common with each other, why they live to be centarians um, and live with a quality of life. Mm-hmm. And one of which is a Mediterranean diet, the aspects of a Mediterranean diet, which are the good oils. A, a lot of good fish sourced well, and lots of lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of good veggies. So those kinds of things are known to create longevity. And so mm. wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever situation you find yourself in, reach for those elements is what I tell my clients. Absolutely. And, and I'm, oh, you go. No, I was going to say they are reachable. They are attainable. You may have to ask for them, but they're attainable. I do believe. Yes. And I love it. There's a few different points that I really love from what you just said. One, like you may have to ask for it. That's a big one. And I think a lot of people think they're being a pain or thinking that they're being the odd one out, but people get used to it. So as a personal example, uh, with my friends, I don't do shots of alcohol. So, you know, I will only have like a vodka soda or a seltzer. Like if I'm drinking alcohol, you know, a part of my 20%, I'm not doing shots because I I'm never drinking to get drunk. I don't find it fun. There's no return on investment for me. They don't even taste good. So why would I have a shot? And <laughs> and that's just my reality. And my friends just don't even ask me anymore. Like there's no peer pressure because they're like, Laurie doesn't do shots. And you can build that personal brand within your group. Um, and, and that same if it's the fried foods. Like if you know that a fried food is going to make you feel sluggish, it's going to make you feel terrible. Yes, you may re- meet some resistance at the start of your friends or your family getting used to you changing, um, but they'll get used to it eventually. And you'll just have that personal brand of the friend that just doesn't eat fried foods. <laughs> right. And, 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 and you could set an example. You could actually yeah. lead the way where your friends start going, oh, wait, that's working for her. Look at her skin. Look at her body. Look at her attitude. This is working for her. Maybe it will work for me too. And they can slowly but surely 
you know, create that. And, you know, I, I talk to my clients about like-minded people. I mean, you know, whoever your tribe is, if your tribe is overweight and not moving their bodies and, you know, not sleeping well and on lots of medication, it's going to be, you're going to have a harder time sort of fitting, even if you fit out, you're, you're, going to have a harder time for them to catch on to, mm. to this is you and how your lifestyle is. But what I find is it's, you know, we create most of my close friends, I'd say a good 90% of them are on board with what I'm on board on. They're exactly, eating healthy. Yeah. They're exercising, they're getting the rest, they're not living on medication, they're taking their supplements if they need, and they're finding their happy places. And, you know, there's many that come together for us to find joy and happiness. And I seem to have a lot of uh, camaraderie with them in that in that space. Otherwise, I don't think they I'd be um, socializing with them because exactly, they're not, they're, yeah. they're in a different place. So mm. uh, none of my friends are, are obese from an unhealthy standpoint. And mm. none of my friends, all of my friends exercise in some way, shape or form, because that's the community I've created that works for me. I love that. Yeah. And that's so important as well. And that is also what helped you get excited about exercise when you were doing tennis as well. It was your community. <laughs> Big time. And it still is. I, I, w- I won't give that up, you know, because it's uh, it's my happy place. It has nothing to do with the game itself. Well, sure, I'm competitive. So it does. I shouldn't <laughs> say that because my daughters were here or any of my tennis um, play friends were here. They, <laughs> they would call me out on that. But But aside from that part of it, I just love that day. Mm. because of who I'm with. And I work with a coach as well, a coach I've been working with for over 30 years. And, you know, we, we had a big, huge drop of downtime there, um, especially during the pandemic. But I, uh, you know, I look so forward to that. And that's, it's amazing what you can do. And you know this, how an exercise that you love can create a community around you. Mm. You know, I, I, I have a client that all she can do at this point is walk, but she joined some uh, a, a community called Leggers, and I love that they walk. <laughs> I know it's great, and they get together. It's a team, and not everybody has to keep up with the front person, but they'll walk like twelve miles in a day, and That's they walk awesome. and talk, and they find their little troop of people, and they walk with them. She loves it. She got a really good pair of tennis shoes. She dropped weight instantly. And she started to um, feel so much better about herself and she made a new group of friends. So I love that. That is so awesome. Isn't it cool? Like what people are motivated by. I feel like people are either motivated by the experience or the results. I think everyone wants both, but some are more one or the other. My grandma, she does like four to five miles of walking and her motivation is closing all three rings on all three rings on her Apple watch. She just wants to like close the calorie ring and the step ring and she needs to do it every day. It's really funny. If I, if I'm at her place in the evening and she hasn't closed one of her rings, she's like pacing up and down the house. It's so I love it. I love it. And I say whatever works in a exactly, positive way, yeah. right? In a positive way. And that's great. So your grandma found something that works. Something I, that I works. That. Yes. yes. I love it. It's great. That, go grandma. 
Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are all of Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leith, Dr. Christian Gonzalez and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. -E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Something else that piqued my curiosity, though, that you said earlier with regards to exercising when you were really busy, you said you had to choose the exercise or the sleep. I feel like that's really relatable to people. What did you choose more often back then? And if you could do it again, would you still choose the same thing? I chose the sleep. And uh, uh, I think well, so I was moving my body throughout the day on the set. So I yes. knew I was getting movement in. And uh, if I could get up early enough before a call, I could, in, when we were in production, I could get up early enough to exercise in the morning. Once we started shooting on the shoot days, you know, the call times were just too early for that. Um, so I tried to balance. Sometimes I came home, I had a bike at home. So I had a stationary bike that I could could do at night, but then I would get a little stimulated because that's get what excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then my adrenaline would get going in and it would yeah. be harder to go to sleep. So I chose to sleep because rest is so important. Mm. Seven to nine hours a night is the rule of thumb. And I realized that the older I got when I was younger, yes. it was a little easier, but the older I got that set in and I didn't realize really until I started studying um, nutrition and health and wellness and getting all my certifications, how important rest was. And it's, it's so hard that you, you need kind of don't want to choose one over the other, but our bodies, when we sleep at night, they're like put in the garage for a makeover. You know, that's mm. when the tune-up happens. That's when our systems could get to work. 
And that's why I was saying earlier, what we do throughout the day is going to play a part when we're asleep at night. And our quality of sleep comes into play based on what we do throughout the day as well. So if we want all those nutrients to go, you know, we, we need to eat to survive. We need the minerals, the nutrients, and all the vitamins that are going to keep us moving. Um, if we want those to go where they're supposed to go, you need to rest to get there. Yes. So I really find sleep really important there. I didn't always get during production, the seven to nine hours, but I didn't want to live on two or three because I knew, and there were a few jobs along the way that that happened. And uh, boy, oh boy, I remember driving home from one job and the sun was coming up. It was a night shoot was with a famous director, Tony Scott, who was notorious for long shoots. (laughs) And, um, I was driving home from the shoot and I didn't live that far. I um, it was probably only six miles from home, but I felt myself just go like that at the wheel. And that scared me enough to know that I got to get sleep in there somewhere because yes. production isn't held to the same union rules as the rest of the crew who have to have that 12 hour turnaround. Mm. We are always the first and the last to leave and we don't get that turnaround. So it was, it was, it, it was, a delicate balance. And it's one of the reasons why I segued out. My health became the priority by the time I hit my mid fifties over the financial gain that I would get by staying in the business. It Mm. just, I already had this side hustle of being a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. So I just knew if I just got educated, I could create a new, uh, a new way to source the income that was a lot healthier for me in the long run. Mm. So, and I realized on the set, I sort of became the health guru to the rest of the crew, (laughs) kind of helping them make healthy choices on what they ate when we were at video village, which is where the monitors are, where you do playback and see what you just shot. And I was with the clients of the products. Um, I would, you know, they'd ask me questions because they knew what my side hustle was. And so I started, you know, when you someone answer, asks you a question, you answer the person across the way, asked another question. And before you know it, you're answering a lot of health and wellness questions. And uh, one of my clients who stayed with me, he was actually one of the Happy Meal creatives, um, came back after, I think there was like a six month lag between our shoots. He had lost like 25 pounds, got in the gym. He was all muscular. He like put me to shame. I'm like, oh my God, what did you do? He said, (laughs) I heard what you said and I applied it. And I thought that was just really cool. Yeah. So that made made me know that I had, that I could help people beyond myself, you know? For sure. Yeah. I love that you explained all that as well. When I think about health, health, I think about what I can't live without the longest And first is sleep. Like we can't go without sleep. And I think that story of you nodding at the wheel is a key example of that. We can go without water longer than we can go without sleep. And then the next thing is hydration, which I love that you mentioned, like step one is kind of hydration. Then it's nutrition, then it's movement. Of course, we, you know, quote unquote, should move every day. But if we were in a coma for three months, we can wake up from the coma still. So um, that's why I asked you that question, because I'm like, a lot of people I see sacrificing their sleep for exercise. And I actually don't think that that's good for us all the time. Every now and mm-hmm. again, yes, but not all the time. And I know you do a bit 
with anxiety and stress management, we are coming to time. So this will be our final topic. I would love your thoughts on stress management and the weight loss and health process and any observations in that realm. Yes. So, um, you know, talking about what, what we've been addressing is burnout and adrenal fatigue. So adrenal fatigue comes from, well, not sleeping enough, trying to do too much, uh, and not taking care of yourself. So we're talking self-care. So we're talking all these things that you have to do in a positive way. It's like you can choose to not take care of yourself and feel, you know, just drag on with your day and then collapse at night. Or you can take care of yourself throughout the day, day in and day out, and keep your adrenals healthy, keep your cortisol level from rising. So when we have high cortisol, that's another hormone that, um, and this is our sort of fight or flight hormone. This is that Mm. thing, the adrenaline hormone, right? Well, you can't live on adrenaline. You can't live on the, the, the fast lane all the time. Your body needs to settle into itself. So in order for it to do that, all these things need to come into play in self-care. And it does. It starts with sleep. You've got to get that seven to nine hours in. It starts with nutrition and hydration. And when mm-hmm. you think about nutrition, you know, think about what I like to say. You, you've got to take out the things that are causing uh, those cortisol levels to spike. And uh, um, one of those things is alcohol caffeine, <laughs> not to say you have to take them out a hundred percent. The more you take them out, the better you're going to feel, the less you're going to activate that cortisol adrenal fatigue thing. So if you are feeling fatigue, if you're, you, you need to start stepping backwards and take a look back. What am I eating during the day? When am I eating? When you eat is just as important. I always talk about breakfast as breaking the fast. Mm. I prefer, and like I find success with health and, and with weight loss for my clients if they um, only eat three meals a day and cut out snacking mm-hmm. and space out those three meals a day and make them s- smart, nutritious, whole food meals, then you're going to not have that uh that drop in blood sugar that makes you want to go to something unhealthy in the (laughs) middle of the day to spike it back up because basically what you're doing is you're just pushing it right back down. So my suggestion would be to see if you can break the fast a little later in the day and kind of do some time um, in not, not intermittent fasting so much, but time management on your eating. So have breakfast, break that fast, maybe give yourself 12 to 14 hours from the last meal that you had and then have a healthy nutritious lunch in the you know at or or breakfast whatever you want to call it whenever you break it and then when you get to the dinner hour try to make sure you stop eating 3 hours before you go to bed that's mm. the way your food is going to get assimilated and processed and that is the way you're going to feel the best when you wake up in the morning And, you know, you're not going to, the best thing that you can do is not tax your adrenals. So in Mm -hmm. order to do that, you need to think about what else am I doing? What am I, maybe I need to, you know, I have my clients, they do a journal and every night they sort of, they give gratitude. 
where in the day did you find meditation? Where did you slow down and take time for yourself that wasn't exercise, wasn't cooking the meal, wasn't eating the meal, and wasn't sleeping, but actually slowed your mind down and meditated? There's so many apps. They're free out there now where you can do five to minutes to two hours up to you. Try to take some time for yourself in the middle of the day between meals. Um, and really just try to... Uh, Know when something is upsetting you and stressing you, take a step back, go outside, hit nature, make sure your vitamin D is where it should be, because that will also create um, uh, your cortisol levels to change if you're not getting enough, but it won't make you sleepy and tired. So I always tell my clients when the sun is shining, get up, walk out. If you have an animal, that's easy. You can go walk your dog, or just go outside and get some sun first thing in the morning. At night, create space where you're the opposite. When the sun starts going down, our normal circadian rhythm is to start relaxing and calm down. Don't fight that. So mm. start putting dimmers on your lights. Go to lower. I keep a, um, I guess it's like an orange light, <laughs> but it's real dim. Like my granddaughter comes in, grandma, where's the light? Where's the light? <laughs> but I keep it very low in my house and I have dimmers everywhere else that I can. So, because now I know that my body needs to settle in in a more natural rhythm and, mm. you know, try to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day, get your body into this habit. So habits are hard to change, but they're not impossible. If you take mm. the baby steps if you try to do too much, it's like a diet. If you just, you know, you do the biggest loser thing. Yeah, you're going to lose. And yeah, you're going to get in better shape for the moment. But in the long run, things are going to snap back and even worse probably than they were before that. So do things slow. Take the baby steps one little step at a time. Maybe it's just one extra cup of water a day. Mm. Maybe it's, you know, being aware of uh, one meal rather than all three meals where the processed food is and then go to the next meal once you've got the first meal down you know rather like i said crowd out the bad with the good so a little bit more greens and a little less fried food you know just slow baby steps are going to be sustainable i think mm. um and just you're going to notice a better quality of life you're going to get rid of that brain fog and you're going to stop living on adrenaline, which is going to burn you out. And when you burn out, my, my daughter told me a story yesterday. She's a young mom. She has two kids. She's a school teacher. She also <clears throat> teaches yoga, hot yoga. Yesterday, she took a hot yoga class. She walked out of the class, looked at my daughter, slid down the wall and fainted. And it happened I think because she, can you hear me? Did we end? I can hear you now. Oh, you can hear me. Keep okay. going. <laughs> uh, so she fainted after her hot yoga class and she's a young mom who's a yoga teacher. She tried to do too much. Mm. Her, she lives on adrenaline. I've seen her going flying from one thing to the other. She's in her early to mid thirties. 
trying to do it all. And like I said, you just can't be everywhere all the time. And she wanted, and I don't think she was feeding herself mm. for the amount of activity and the amount of responsibility she had. Got to be really careful with that. I mean, the paramedics had to come. Oh, no. um, and uh, she was able to get up and leave on her own without going to the hospital or getting an IV. But it was a wake up call for her. Mm. And we don't want to get to that point. No, we don't want to get to that point. You know, and so you need to you need to eat good, nutritious food that, that hydrates you, satiates you and uh, keeps you healthy and well. And you need to think about what, when and where you're eating, how you're eating. If you're just throwing food down, your body isn't really processing the way it should be. So you want to eat slow and really savor every bite. It can't happen all the time, but if you mindfully eat most of the time, you're doing yourself a world of good. Mm. And just, uh, you know, if I was to say anything, uh, four things, hydrate, nutritious food, move and rest, sleep. Those are the things. If you just get those down, you've got you've got a jump start through longevity or quality. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that story about your daughter, because unfortunately a lot of people hit that fainting or hit that adrenal fatigue or hit that, um, I guess like unideal scenario to be the wake up call, but you can have that wake up call in a space of health and in a space of gratitude and in a space of happiness. And you hit the nail on the head with those four things there, you know, hydrate, nutrition, movement, and rest. And I think it was a really great way to end the podcast, what you said about baby steps, because there might be some people listening that's like, I do not get outdoor sun. I have my phone in my bed. I still eat McDonald's three times a day. That's a bit dramatic, but you know, um, I don't exercise. Some people do. Yeah, some people do. And, and for those people, it's exactly what you mentioned. It's like layer in those activities. Like what's the most achievable for you that's going to provide the biggest impact? Maybe it is not bringing your phone into the room because you want to focus on your sleep first. Maybe it is having a non-processed breakfast because a smoothie is achievable for you or yogurt and berries is achievable for you. Like as you mentioned with that bioindividuality where so different. And while you provided so many amazing tips that people can just keep on coming back to this podcast for, or coming back to your content, um, you know, where you start is going to look so different depending on your lifestyle and your individual circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody just needs to realize that when we try to strive to be something that's out there on social media or is out there, you know, on a show, on any of these reality shows, I'm not going to name them, but when you strive to be that, you're not being you and you need to be yourself. And there, I think we all have the same goal in mind. We want to live a, a life of joy and happiness and, and be surrounded by the people we love and the things we love to do and, and you know, enjoy even our work and get fulfillment out of that. But if you're not taking care of your body and yourself, it's hard to find the joy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, start with you. Start with self-care. There's so many. I'm writing a book right now called Age Young. And it's really, it's sort of the chicken soup for the layman in health and wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's like, here is 
the basics of what we just talked about and what you need to do, you know, and, and research backs this, but you don't need to get into the minutia and all the nitty gritty and the science of it because people get confused and overwhelmed and they walk the other way and they just go through it. I'm going to go back to my old ways. (laughs) So my book's just a simple guide and, uh, and interviewing people that have longevity equality that are in their nineties and some centurions that how did you get here and what should we be doing? So we can keep, you know, you want to keep your mind active and activated. It's a big one. So keep, keep things that keep, stimulating you and challenging you and doing stuff, whether it's a sport or a mental activity. I have friends in their nineties that are still playing bridge and mm-hmm. doing crossword puzzles and, you know, and, and really uh, uh, engaging in things that keep an active mind. Cause you know, if that goes, everything else goes, there's a gut brain connection here and we want to keep the gut good so the brain stays strong. We want to keep the brain strong. So the rest of the body responds, you know, so. Absolutely. That's so important. I have loved spending time here with you, Debbie. I personally learned a lot and I'm sure that you help your clients in amazing ways. How can we get in touch with you to learn more about your services and hear about when your amazing book gets released? Yes. So um, my book is working title is Age Young. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to publish it that way, but (laughs) um, I'm hoping to have it out uh, the beginning of next year, 2024. And uh, to get in touch with me, you can go to Balanced Life by Debbie, D-E-B-I dot com. That's my website. It will take you to all my social media. I do have a podcast and a YouTube channel. It's Balanced Life by Debbie YouTube. I have a lot of content on there. I actually have over 200, 250 podcasts that I've done, but I have two YouTube channels because I used to have a a co-host. And for the last four, four years, it's just me. And um, that's conversations that connect to a healthier you. And it's got so much content and great people like you on there that are doing wonderful things to help people live the the life that they want with joy and longevity. And so you could just go to my YouTube channel and scroll down. You'll see all kinds of content there. You're going to learn a lot. So I've learned so much. That's part of the way I educate <laughs> myself. So um, and reach out to me. Say hi. Say you heard the podcast with Lori and. Uh, I'd love to help you. I've got a lot of, uh, there's a pop-up right there on my website. It's recipes for a three-day detox. And when I was talking about nutritious whole food that you can cook for yourself, this one's easy. It will, these, these meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days. After the three days, you got to jump start. You're just going to feel lighter. And it's summer. So, you know, go (laughs) for it. You want to feel light. Go for it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's been amazing having you on the podcast, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the platform. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. No worries. And for everyone that wants to get in touch with Debbie, all of those details will be in the show notes. Whether you're listening to the podcast in the car, whether you're cleaning the house, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. 